This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is a special edition iFanboy podcast on Marvel's Daredevil Season 2. Special Jedi Fanboy Podcast on Marvel's Daredevil Season 2. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. 
<laughs> Make sure you get it right. <laughs> and former fanboy columnist and frequent podcast guest, Mike Romo. Hello. And we have reconvened to discuss Marvel's Daredevil Season 2. Two months About. later. <laughs> Two months <laughs> later. <Yeah>. Jeez. <laughs> Slipping, guys. So this is... We got uh, me and Mike and Josh got together to discuss season one, and me and Ron and Mike and also Josh discussed Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah, sort fun. of a little Marvel's uh, Netflix crew here, and uh, Jessica, 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 okay. Jessica. I thought we'd put that behind <laughs> us. No, it's, no, it's always good. Never forget. <laughs> Hashtag Jessica. Season two of the um, of the Daredevil series, which is part of Marvel's deal with Netflix to make those five series, include uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then the Defenders. Who knows how long these will keep going on, but we're enjoying them as they as they happen. Spoiler warning: if you haven't watched any of the thirteen hours we're about to discuss, pause the show and come back. You'll be happier for it. This season kicks off. At the end of season one, Daredevil finally emerged from Hell's Kitchen to defeat Wilson Fisk and assert himself as the protector of that neighborhood. And, and season two kicks off sort of shortly after that, in which uh, Nelson and Murdoch are enjoying the fruits of being the dar- darlings of the neighborhood, getting lots of business. And suddenly, uh, there's more trouble on the horizon. And so that's where we. This yeah. suddenly very, very specific Hell's Kitchen neighborhood. It sounds like this enclave in Manhattan. Like, it's when I lived there, it was just you, maybe you were there, maybe you, it was just this area, but now it's I only take cases in Hell's Kitchen. It's it, like, is, it, it is interesting in that regard because I feel like Hell's Kitchen used to be that way. Yeah. And then, and then as the city has evolved and grown right. or whatever, just kind of it, that's faded away. And of course, it used to be that way in the 60s when the comic started, I think, right? Yes. And, or maybe, and it, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I've just grown no, up. No, 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 no. The 60s, yeah. that was the Westies. That yeah. was, I mean, the 60s, 70s, yeah. and 80s is, is pretty much the last death throes of the Hell's Kitchen as a cultural neighborhood, as an Irish Catholic, you know, right. neighborhood. That was, you know, in, in Frank Miller's head, it's always it's always that time in, there, in Hell's Kitchen. But in the Marvel world, we used to joke that in that bubble, time has not progressed. It's no longer called Clinton. And there aren't a lot of yuppies and, and yuppie, yuppie restaurants there. <laughs> Um, but well, I think it's right. safe to, I, I, I won't comment on the restaurants, but I, I'm pretty sure the Clinton thing didn't stick. Uh, I, yeah. has it, I mean, I have not heard Clinton there in a long time. Possibly. Anyway, that's, a, that's, a, that's another topic. It just, this, this, yeah, came, yeah, well, this, this came out, I mean, the, you know, Daredevil's always all about Hell's Kitchen, right? But this came out to me in either the last or the second to last episode. It might have been the last one. It made me laugh pretty hard when Froggy was being interviewed by the lawyer from Jessica Jones. Right. Yes, and she says we we take the most high profile clients in Hell's Kitchen, and I just was like, "What does yeah. that mean? The guy who owns the warehouse? Because there's that's all there yeah. is in Hell's Kitchen." It's funny that she said that because I was because Jessica Jones didn't take place in Hell's Kitchen. In fact, a lot yeah, of that was, was weird. Just, yeah, it was Midtown. Of, it seemed it was it was, it was a, a lot of Midtown, a lot of a lot of uh, Lower East Side, a lot of West Village. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, but, but now anyway. I feel like you can actually get like uh, University of Hell's Kitchen sweatshirt or something now, right? <laughs> so like it, it makes like. They're gonna now. You can sort of ha- have a Hell's Kitchen brand now because of this show, <laughs> where where it was just where I got off on that street, and that happened to be, I guess, Hell's Kitchen. But anyway, this is not a geography lesson. This well, is it's a just like guys, podcast. there's a lot more. There's a lot more space. There's a lot more neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big city. Not a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so the big the big news for this season is that we we were introduced to the Punisher and Elektra, the Punisher, played by mm-hmm. the veteran of The Walking Dead, Joe Bernthal. I'm sorry, John Burns. John. John Bernthal. And Electra, I lost my page. Elodie Young. Elodie Young uh, played, played Electra. She was Jinx. Oh, really? G.I. Joe movies, yes. 
I thought this was really interesting because um, his character, his acting style, he pretty much seems to do this one thing and he really loves this one thing. And he he just basically carried over a little bit what he did with Walking Dead and just turned it up a bit. But a little little less of a southern accent. It's a tiny bit. But for me, like where I was a little bit annoyed with him, to be honest with you, and Walking Dead, I thought he was just he nailed it with this. I think I felt like this was the role that was he was really designed to He's play. The uh, this season. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. terrific. No, I thought uh, I thought that I thought the cast additions with Bernthal as the Punisher and the woman who played Electra were were great. I thought I thought that the the particular casting and the embodiment of those characters worked for me. Um, I know Electra fans are probably were you know were wringing their hands and freaking out because they they took a lot of you know there's been a lot of there was a lot of leeway taken with her backstory and her origin. But honestly, her backstory and her origin in the comics is so comic-y mm. that it wouldn't have worked in this in this world on tv so like you got it you got to accept some changes right yeah so so, uh, so the the plot of this season let's try to figure it out so it's well there's the two, nice there's two this, tracks there's two tracks this season. yeah well that's the thing that really for this season it felt more like a year of comics to me in terms of how the episodes sort of covered all the three or four different storylines together. Like I felt like the season one, I felt like it was one large plot and I actually enjoyed the way they layered the different stories. I felt like they did it a lot more intelligently, yeah. more thoughtfully. I thought I, I liked it. I'd, it kept me more involved as a viewer because things kept happening and then it, it sort of propelled the season. I didn't feel like it dragged I as much. I super disagree, but but Connor, walk through <laughs> walk, walk through walk through the uh, walk through the, the, right, the we'll plot. Walk through the plot, and then we'll talk about that, what Mike just said. Yeah. So the, on mm-hmm. the Punisher side, the Punisher is shown. Uh, Frank Castle has shown up in New York to get revenge on the Mexican cartel, the uh, the, the, the biker gang mob, and then the biker gang, which was yeah, the, the biker, Irish mob. The biker gang was <laughs> the biker gang from Agents of Shield. Oh, really? That is the only real major crossover we've seen. I think wow. with Agents of Shield going into something else. Like Agents of Shield has had other people go into their show. But other everything else so far has ignored Agents of Shield's existence until now. <laughs> Good it catch. Like, it was like the, do- the dogs something. Like dogs, hell, skulls, villains, devils. They're, it's you know they Dogs of Hell. Them. Dogs of Hell. We had we had all the words properly. Dogs of Hell. That was the anyway. So the Punisher's killing all them and so Daredevil's investigating that. And meanwhile, Nelson and Murdoch law firm is trying to stay in business. Meanwhile, Daredevil's ex-girlfriend Electra shows up, and she's now sort of a not superhero, but she's 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 trained and she fights and she kills. And so the Daredevil is dealing with yeah. the Punisher, his law firm, and Electra all at the same time throughout the course of the season. And those stories cut, interact, and they, they a little bit of romance him. with a page as well. And, yeah. and he finally goes on a date with Karen Page. And those are kind of the main main touch points for this season, and they all intersect eventually. But that seemed to be so. And then then of course the big reveal that. The Hand is the big bad guy for this season, and Stick is not what he seems, and Stick trained Elektra from a little kid, and, and there's a whole yeah. mythology with Stick, and you, you really do get the feeling when you put that together with season one that that's the story leading into Defenders because there's this mystical war mm-hmm. that's happening in the background, and that ties into Iron Fist's story pretty nicely, and you, you figure it probably will tie into the def- Defenders. But who knows? And I would, and I have to guess. I have to guess also whatever's go because now this is, this is. I, I think there was a mention in Daredevil season one. I could be wrong, but it was definitely a mention in Jessica Jones, and now a mention here in Daredevil season two. But Rock's on 
as right, the yeah. evil kind of corporation or whatever. So you've got kind of a mystical kind of whatever that is on one hand, but then on the other hand, you have a uh, technological kind of threat, which is right. You know, that that's, that's the Marvel stew, you know, right. like it's, it's, you know, you know, corporation technology and mystic arts, and then the convergence of them in New York city. Right. So as, as a, as a siren goes off in my, Sirens on are you, are you yeah. recording from Hell's Kitchen? <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. I am. So yeah, so kind of that, that that was a great kind of rundown. And Mike, going back to what you said, was like, like and I think we're going to talk a lot about the release format of Netflix yeah, um, right. and how and how they handle those things. But I thought that uh, I just overall to start this off, I want to say that I I I like this season. I really like this season. I really I really enjoyed it. I I think that it was a kept the tone and the momentum and the feeling of season one and built on it. But that said, I feel as if the way the plot lines, they did a lot over the 13 episodes. And my same complaint about Jessica Jones and my complaint about Daredevil season one, I still carry with this, is that I thought 13 episodes was too much. And there was it hit a real low point in the middle where I felt like they were just kind of treading water. And it got, got a point of repetitiveness that, was, right. that drove me nuts up until the Punisher goes to prison and then that pulled me back in and I got back into it. And if you remember Connor, do you remember you were watching, it took you a long time to watch it and you said you were stalled around episode eight yeah. and I said, Oh no, it, get, it gets good. And was I right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight is when Fisk comes at the very end and then it could have picks up steam again. That's right. Yeah, When, yeah, when so Wilson Fisk shows up, there's, there's a, a shot of adrenaline with the series that yeah. he's, he's sorely missed. He's a great character. Yeah. He's a great, uh, the, the, uh, wow. This, I'm dumb today. Yes. You're, you're Vincent, still recovering. Yeah, I'm still you're, recovering you're, you're, from various illnesses. Vincent D'Onofrio is wonderful as, as Wilson Fisk. So he, when he, he shows up again. The, the whole prison sequence. So, you know, so the when the they send the Punisher to prison and it's the same prison where Fisk is at. And that, and that, like, number one, I did not, like, I avoided any spoilers. Yeah. I avoided anyone talking about it. I pushed Fisk out of my head. I didn't think totally. All and so it was a true unique surprise, and I like giggled. I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" And it was great. I thought it was it was fantastic. But the arc of introducing the Punisher and then those first four or five episodes being so Punisher centric, the 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 show. I joked at one point. I'm like, the show should have been called The Punisher and a little bit of Daredevil. Well, right, you know, Daredevil suffers here from a malady that often superheroes suffer from, and that that the people around them are more interesting. Yeah. This, this happens to Batman a lot in his movies, in that I really found the Punisher to be captivating, and the same thing when Elektra shows up later on, whereas Daredevil is sort of the guidepost in the middle that everyone else swirls around, so he, well, yeah. he doesn't get he to becomes do the most He becomes the most boring person, because he's right. sort of a pinball between all of these sort of very dynamic characters. Um, and I, I see what you're saying, with the, especially with the very beginning. It just became the Punisher show, and then uh, you you kind of forgot about it, and then he kind of sort of fades into yes. into the distance. With and then I was yeah. worried, oh, maybe he won't come back. So it's for then, me, it, it then, felt so, like so, yeah. So his story, his story faded into the distance, and then and then Electra and the hand conflict came up, right, right. and then that carried us through to the rest of the show. Except we just want to tack on this little bit about the Punisher that just felt like it was a tack on, and and it, and. And like and his involvement in the last episode, other than finally donning the skull, was pointless. Like his, Total, his involvement yeah, in, totally in the last agree. 
Yeah, his involvement yep. in the fight was pointless. And so, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I still feel like they're figuring out their pacing and their steps. I think that the pieces were there. And right. if maybe they did 10 episodes or juggled it or made it a little tighter or compacted them. But it just felt like it felt like there was too much going on. At well, for me, for me, for Je- in Jessica Jones, the stalling was like it did, they were trying to squeeze too much out of the single story. And that's yes. where the stall had happened for me here. Yeah. What I meant by my comment was like there were enough different stories going on that when we switch characters points of view, at least I was interested. At least there was some action going on there. Yes. Kind of, sometimes I got kind of tired of Karen Page kind Constantly digging through old newspapers, yeah. but at least it kept things a little bit more vibrant. We got what the, 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 the Karen Page annoyance factor on this in this season was pretty really high. high, pretty yeah, high. And I, but, and I really, I really like Foggy, and he was he was dancing on that line as well too. At some points where it, it was just it just and maybe it's because I was watching episodes back to back, but it just like felt as if it was just the repetitive scenario over and over again, which was just like ah, all right, whatever. Well, that, that's the tough thing, but we'll talk about that. But that's like one of those things. I actually couldn't watch more than two or three at once just because it got so heavy, right? Yeah. I mean, there was some. I thought tonally this was a really interesting, just to, in terms of how the the fight sequences were like they really ratcheted up uh, the intensity of the fights. I remember being thrilled by the first season of Daredevil where I really saw fisticuffs happen, right? There's the incredible... Yeah. Well, 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 it's, it's funny because, yeah, yeah, we everyone always goes back to the, the first season, the, the yeah. hallway fight, and yeah. which, which I think was great. But then in this season, we get Daredevil going down the staircase of, with, with, the, with, the, with the bikers... In yeah. that one episode, and then and then also you get a hallway fight with the Punisher in prison, and th- they were good and they were brutal, but it was just kind of like or like it it just felt like okay they're trying to relive the season one. It part. was transparent trying they were trying to top themselves, but I did think that the Punisher yeah. prison fight was just a magnificent in his brutality. It was you couldn't turn away from yeah. it. It was crazy, but yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that choreography wise, these are still the best action sequences on television, and I agreed. Think, I think that this is the most the closest that anything's ever gotten in live action to capturing superhero fights, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that they do a real they do a really good job of it uh, of these fantastic elements that happen. The stuff that you get on the page that you don't really get in the movies because the the directors won't give them room to, room to breathe. I think here whoever's in charge of choreographing and shooting these fights is uh, should be commended. But I do want to go back really quickly to one thing you guys said a minute ago. I do agree that. This season was more meandering. The first season was more tightly plotted because it was really only one story going on. So this yeah. one you had more threads, so more opportunity to lose its way a bit. I did get really bored whenever they were doing the law firm stuff. I didn't really care yep. about the law firm stuff. But that allowed for more interesting elements. I loved that we got to spend time with the Punisher. I loved that we got to spend time with, with Electra. I loved that we spent time with Daredevil. Spent time with Wilson Fisk. There was more things going on. As Mike said, the variety of it, is the variety pack element of it was fun. I will disagree. Yeah. I thought the Punisher showing up at the end to shoot the guy to help Daredevil was very much in line with his, his comic book appearances where he'll just sort of show up with a mm. sniper rifle and help, yeah. help somebody out mm-hmm. and then nod and leave, which is kind of what he did here. And that's totally. sort, of, sort of their MO is to introduce these characters, but they don't really show up fully as themselves until the very last minute. Like that happened last like, season with Daredevil. Where with he, Luke Cage. And yeah. Luke Cage, he, but, which we'll see probably even more in his series, but Daredevil wasn't really Daredevil until the very last episode in season one. And here... The Punisher doesn't don the skull until the last minute, and Electra doesn't wear her costume until the last minute either. So that seems yeah. to be what their thing is, which is kind of dangerous. But 
That makes sense. That I mean, yeah, I guess I guess I see that point. That makes sense. We will we will get more. There's a little tease. And the thing is, like honestly, like I thought they would the approach they took in season one with the with the reveal of the kingpin, where we didn't even see uh, Vincent D'Onofrio until episode five. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I was surprised to see them go in the opposite direction, where we get the Punisher straight out of the game. I was. I was too. First well, I was 100% Yeah. Surprised. Which. I, I yeah, thought it was but, thr- thrilling just because it, 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 it started it off right out the gate the as is, a he, different he's kind of show. so compelling as the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Why sit on it? Yeah. How many versions of the Punisher have people tried to make since we were in high school? So many. Going back to Dolph yes. Lundgren. They finally, finally got the Punisher correct. In terms of pacing across the the season is one thing, but one thing that I really appreciated was the internal pacing of each show. Not you really felt I felt this time more so than before, not having to deal with commercial breaks and that kind of thing. Let so many scenes breathe and be very affecting in sort of an unexpected way. Like there was a monologue that Castle does on the gravesite, talking about the song that his daughter would sing that I thought was enormously affecting. Like, and you yep. just, right, Supergirl has a lot of monologues and it's been very frustrating for me because they're, they're really, I think they're really poorly written because they, they feel rushed and, they, and when you have a monologue that's rushed, it feels preachy. But, you know, there were a good amount of monologues in their, this season, uh, but I don't know if it's the editing or I think it's, you know, most of, obviously the, the, the casting, but they, they were able to do some things that really, I thought, really shined a spotlight on just what you can do with an hour-long episode that nobody else is doing on t- on on screen, I guess. And I was really impressed with some of the patience that the directors had with these actors to let them really just settle in. I, I really felt like each episode was something you could really chew on, and I think it's just not having those breaks. I felt like the direction in these episodes is... Not to say it was better, but I just I found myself appreciating it more than I had expected. Yeah, that's fair. I, I um, love that one monologue, though. Made me yeah, cry. Well, well, yeah. Spe- well, speaking of monologues and things like that, and going back to to Connor to what you were saying was that there were this season did accomplish something for me where there were I found myself as I started watching the season having two specific things that I was like, oh man, I wish they'd show this. Mm-hmm. And then within the the length of the series, they did. And what the first one was. You know, like the whole first season, they're a law firm, all stuff like that. Never, never in a courtroom. So, so with the the whole Punisher situation and the Punisher getting caught and arrested, gave us an opportunity to see them in the courtroom and see, you know, and and get get a Matt Murdock monologue. But we didn't get it. Well, no, well, yeah, I know. But we got foggy, and no, we did, we did, we did get Matt questioning. We did get the one scene, you know, where he was pushing the witness. And all that stuff, right. but but again, I found myself like it wasn't enough. Like it was enough of a taste, and it was like, uh. And the other thing was, I, about halfway through, so we finally get Daredevil in his costume, which I, you know isn't perfect, but whatever. I got used to it by the end of it. Yeah, but I got used to it. But halfway through, I was like, you know what's missing? I'm like, where's the goddamn Billy Club? I want to <laughs> see him swinging around. And sure enough, last episode we get it, and they delivered on that, nailed it. Like I got yeah, when, when, nailed it. And uh, what's his face when Gladiator? What, what's his real name? Uh, Melvin Potter. Yeah, Melvin Potter. Right when he hands him the uh, uh, when he hands him the Billy Club and shows that show, and I was like, oh cool. And then that scene shows him actually swinging around a building with it. I was like, that's Daredevil. You know, <laughs> like that was yeah. So uh, picture perfect. So, I will give them credit that they uh, that they were able to deliver on that. I, I love that you brought up the lawyer stuff because that was every time Matt would fail to show up 
at court, I got so frustrated. Yeah. I felt yeah. like I was with Foggy because it's, it's like that's one of the great things that Matt in the comics is able to balance that out. And he is able to have some of these great courtroom scenes. And I, and I really it was funny. I really wanted him to validate all this stuff in front of Foggy and Karen. There was this like I had this weird emotional thing. It was like, just show up, dude. Don't screw these guys over. That's the thing is I think I think they went to the well with that too many times. Yeah, yeah I, think, I agree. I, think, I agree I with that. They, I think they went to the well with the Matt disappoints Foggy in this. Yeah. Yes. which I understand is a is a tenant of Daredevil. Like I understand that. Like that has happened so much and all that sort of thing. But like they never laid the basis of Matt kicking ass and showing yeah. why it, it, him him not showing up was a bad thing. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. That, yeah. He, is, he, he comes is. across a little bit of a dick in this. And, yeah. and yeah. the thing is, he's alienated Foggy and Karen so much that I would find it unrealistic for them to come back together. I think they might have gone too far in that direction, well, to be honest. We'll I find mean, out what happens now. But, well, but well, I, maybe. I, I and, don't know. And, and then also talking about going too far, the romance between Matt and Karen was just ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, so yeah. Matt's consistently showing up being beaten up and Karen <laughs> and Foggy tells Karen he's an alcoholic and then she dates him and never mentions it. Like, never? Like, that. that is or, just, I or don't know. Or shows up that, at his that, house there's a strange woman in his bed there's an old blind man sitting on his, on his couch. <laughs> Right. And just, like, just and, so and no, and no question. <laughs> yeah, just like get get angry and walks out. Like it, like that was a little the, the the romance angle with them was a little far fetched. She seemed uh, a little bit like Jack Bauer's daughter in Twenty Four. She's just whenever I saw her, she just was kind of like bumbling around. You know, it's just I do agree. She was that I was a little bit more annoyed with her uh, and, in this season by far. And also, yeah, and also it's like it's like oh well, you know the, the the law firm thing isn't working out, but now I'm a reporter. Like <laughs> yeah. that was Get like again, a bit of a leap. Like and that said though, I do like I like the bearded journalist guy, the editor. Yeah, I was glad to see him back because we don't have Ben Yurick anymore, which breaks my heart. I mean, that was, that was a great totally. moment in season one, but I think they made a huge mistake killing off Ben Yurick because they clearly wanted to have that angle of the story and filling it with her. While yep. the newspaper industry is hurting and they'll take the, all the free labor they can handle, I, I could buy him letting her research and or go out and interview people. I don't buy him going, okay, now write the story for page one and give it to me. That's uh, yeah, word. absolutely. Absolutely yeah. not. That would never happen. Not only that, it's like, and yeah. I need it to be the cover of the Sunday edition. You know, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she's got that the letters just... to know that she's graduated college. Like, right. how did she get like... <laughs> But I did, I did think that, you know, the, the actors that came from season one really did settle into their roles. I think Charlie Cox is, at this point, Daredevil. Like, I look at him now, yes. and he's a great Matt Murdock, and he's a great Daredevil. I actually... You know the the helmet, the Daredevil helmet is a little weird from the brow up. I really like it from the mm-hmm. brow down. So when it was in mm-hmm. shadow and you couldn't really see how big his head was, yeah. it looked really good. I thought he's he's as as Daredevil. I was really I'm, he's just sort of oh, he owns the role now. Yep, agree. I still don't like Foggy's hair. I would have loved if he had cut his hair. No, but for that, season that, that, two, that, yeah, I would have been, I, I would have loved that sort of nod to how ridiculous it looks. It just doesn't. It just it it just seems so. It doesn't even seem like it's of this time period to have this kind of hair. It's distracting. I, I, don't, dis- still. I don't disagree, but I think that guy is great. I think the guy, yeah. the guy playing Foggy was great. So. Well, you know who's really good is the, the the girl, the blonde girl that uh, what's his friend's name, the other lawyer who comes in, which with what could have been a total throwaway part. It's it's the other lawyer woman, yeah. The other lawyer. I thought she was great. That, that could have been a nothing role, and every time she's on screen, she just she nails it. Like she does yeah. the most of those scenes. That was good. that was good. Marcy. Yeah. Marcy. Her name is Marcy. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Electra because uh, yeah. for me, I thought that was really elegantly handled. I, 
I n- always thought, you know, the Senkevich book, notwithstanding, I, I hadn't really thought of her as that totally psychotic in terms of her eagerness to kill people. But um, I thought it was, I loved every scene that she was in. I really enjoyed their, their, that episode when it was a flashback and you got to see them meeting. I enjoyed that, though. A little bit of the car racing and all that kind of stuff, I was like, what? But I, I thought she, for someone who was just coming into that character and had to define it instantly from the get-go, I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, Electra was really great. The thing that's fun about her is that at least this version of her or other versions I've seen in comics is that she's on the edge of being terrifying. So she's constantly trying to drag Matt over that edge. He doesn't want to go. And it's the push and pull between his feelings for her, the clear element of sex involved in everything they're doing together, and the excitement of it. And let's just just, just come over the line a little bit. Just stick your toe over and see how it feels. Doesn't that feel really good? And then you know he's got to pull himself back over the. It's just it, I love their relationship with that scene. She did a really good job of making her psychosis seem attractive. Yeah. And 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 introducing her and giving us the little taste of the backstory and understanding what their previous relationship was like and meeting in college and all that sort of stuff. And then the reveal of how she was placed there and why she was doing it. I thought really had a payoff. That really had a strong payoff. And it was it, brutal. And, yeah, yeah, it's totally brutal, but uh, but good. For all this unfocusedness, I think the, the, what they brought to this world is really, really quality characters and really interesting stories that they, they, they had. Yeah. There was a real sort of, they both communicated the pain of loving each other, right? Just like, she, she just couldn't help herself. And that's a really sort of subtle thing to have to, to bear. And even Matt, it's like he finally just said, you know, screw it, I just... I just want to be with you. Get me. You understand. He he capitulates. He actually gives in to her, which I thought was really interesting. He doesn't have but, he doesn't have this intention also, of being the noble hero, right? But that was, was also a, super super transparent because you know what? Like as soon as he said <laughs> yeah. that, I'm like, oh, she's not going to make it. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. does Electra ever really die? She's getting put into the giant iron suit at the end, so she's going to be resurrected, <laughs> just like Nobu, the, yeah, uh, the sushi restaurant. Do you want to talk about the non-story stuff, the distribution, or keep talking about the story stuff? What do you guys want to do? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think overall, I mean, I think, I, I think just to, to wrap up the the story stuff is that I, you know, I agree. I thought Charlie Cox is great. I think the cast is great. I think the Punisher was fantastic. I think the usage of of Kingpin was great. Um, I just felt as if it, thirteen episodes was a little bit drawn out, and that the pacing of the stories got a little sporadic here and there. But all in all, I gave a thumbs up. I mean, it was it was by the end of it, it was satisfying, and I wanted more. So that that's my that's my indicator. I know I know that the teams are different, and there's politics involved and everything. But I would, how much would you just love to see Daredevil in a Spider-Man movie, or yeah. as as part of the giant team of characters in the in the Infinity War movie? But like, it's such a rich world to play with here. Yep, it's very impressive what they've done, because there was yeah. you know you know would they keep those good vibes going from season one? And they did. I thought they did a really good job. Before we move on, I just want to say that one of the things I enjoyed the most was Scott Glenn uh, in the fight scenes because mm. yeah, he would he would fight in his close up like the man of his age, and then they would pull back for the for the stunt man being, and he would just completely not him, and then they would cut back to close up, and then back <laughs> yeah. too far away, and it's like they're holding the sword completely differently. They're moving. It was just it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. how but there was, he's he had greatest. some good. He's he's, he's, he's stick, so though. good. He's great at stick but, though. That whole thing when he was uh, healing Electra and having Matt make the tea with extra bourbon or whatever, and he just drinks the bourbon. Uh, there's the little little pieces of humor here and there interjected with this sort of incredible violence. Um, it was a nice. They were able to to dance around that a bit. Um, yeah, no, it's. I, I love how these directors and these writers are really letting 
these actors make these characters really fully full dimensional 360 degrees whatever however you want to say it it's just like they they seem real they seem grounded i don't feel like they're rushing through and maybe that will add to the dragging a bit but when you think about these characters you really feel that you have experienced a story with them you're not just watching the show you you are living this this uh 12 hours 13 hours and i agree i mean i maybe we'll make that segue now but these are a lot to watch and it's just yeah. having, you know, and if you want to, I, I think it's a real disservice after all this work to put them all, all at once and sort of have this expectation of the audience to sort of absorb it so quickly when they really are, they should be watched once a week, you know, and really savored because they're, you can, can you, the amount of work just in terms of finding all those ninjas. I mean, my <laughs> God, there, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of cops, a lot of ninjas, the amount of produ- the production values of this show are incredible. You know, yeah. just, just even the locations and dealing with all of that stuff. It's astounding to me, the budget for a show like this. It's just, it's incredible. And the, the commitment that Marvel and Netflix have made to telling these kind of sort of fringe stories, rapidly not fringe, but, you know, not, they're not popular culture superheroes, is really, I, I think, very encouraging and some of the best in terms of genre shows uh, on the market in years. Yeah. Doing them weekly is tough because they're not structured like typical shows. No. There's yeah. Not, there yeah. isn't a cliffhanger. There isn't a, I mean, <sighs> if they're designed to be watched right one right out, you know, Little box comes up in the corner saying, "Start the next one now," and you go, "Okay," yeah. and that's how they're yeah. that's just, how they're just, But it hurts design. my feelings. It's so much <laughs> punching. People were, you know, asking us pretty regularly, "When's that show coming out?" And the thing is, it's for me at least, it's hard to find extra thirteen hours a week to watch, or thirteen hours yeah. to watch. You know, if I don't, I got a lot of stuff in my DVR. If I don't, if I spend thirteen hours watching this straight through, that's thirteen hours piling up my DVR or, or, yeah. th- or doing things in my life outside of television and. It's tough. So it came out a weekend in February, right? Yeah. March 18th. Fe- or March, yeah. Weekend March, in March, March. And it happened to be a weekend that, that I was I was actually down in L.A. And I was, you know, right. busy. So, so I didn't get to watch any of it that first weekend. And, in fact, I don't think I even started watching it until, like, a week later. And so part of it was, you know, it, it's I, – I, I personally dislike – the Netflix model of dro- dropping the series all at once. Right. And I say that even more now after watching uh, the James Franco Kennedy show on Hulu, um, mm. which did not drop it all at once, released it every one a week, every Monday. And I was current with that, and I had no problem because it was just one episode, and it unveiled naturally, whereas when you do the Netflix dropping it, it's the combination of I feel the – I got to avoid social media because everyone's talking about it, which is fine. I want to be excited, and I'm – you know, like I've, I've learned now not to complain about that, and it's my choice not to watch it. And, sure. you know, and just – you know, kind of – and I didn't have anything spoiled for me. I didn't know about Wilson Fisk. Like I had a good job of avoiding all of it. But then also, like it's – like and, may, and maybe it's because we have to do the podcast or whatever, but but even less so. Like I just feel pressure and this yeah. like weight on my shoulder. We're like, oh god, there's like twelve episodes I have to watch now. Like yeah. it's so it's funny because like I'm watching uh, another Netflix series. I'm watching that series Love that also came out around the same time, and I'm literally just I'm watching one at a time, maybe once a week, maybe every four, four or five days. Like I'm taking my time with it, and I'm finding myself enjoying it more. And so I really think spacing it out is the better approach. But, you know, the Netflixes, they see this as their differential. If we were watching this once a week, we'd be at episode six right now. And there, right. Would, there would still be a discussion. I feel like the discussion drops off quickly. Yeah, no one's talking about it now. You're right. Yeah. It comes out. People people talk about it a lot the first two, week or two. And then, they, then it, 
most of the people who are going to talk about it have seen it because yep. apparently they've got nothing to do. I don't. <laughs> I envy all of you who can watch it so quickly. But if if it was coming out once a week, we we would be talking about the show every week, and it just yep. seems like an odd distribution well, model. I mean, honestly, much much like we talk about the Flash every week. Yeah. Or or when it's on. I mean, I know. Yeah. So I I mean I don't know. I mean we're we're screaming at a wall to a certain degree because I don't yeah. think Netflix is going to change. No, they're not. It's just tough. I I, just, I want to explain to people that we watched as fast as it possibly could. I didn't finish it until last weekend. Yeah, same here. Or last week when I was super sick and sitting from work and watched eight hours in a row. Yeah. Luckily, my sickness was a benefit because I don't know when I would have watched those eight episodes. It, but, but it becomes harder. I mean, it doesn't. But then you, it all becomes this crazy blur. Like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and there are, there are entire things like that whole scene with the Irish. The, the son and where he offs his dad in front of everybody, that whole Irish gang thing. Like, that would have been fun to talk about over a couple of days. Like, that that whole side of the sort of the underworld of New York, I, I loved seeing that stuff, but I felt like, oh, I, I better write a note to myself so I can remember and when I'm going to do the podcast. It just, you don't know what to remember. You know, it just, yeah. uh, and, and, and that was the thing. It's just like, there are some really cool concepts, and they really filled out the world in such a fun way in this season. Like, I felt like last season was very specific, but here I got a much broader sense of uh, what was happening in Daredevil's world. And the sad thing is, since I've watched it so quickly, now I don't know when I'm going to go back to that. I guess Luke Cage. Was anybody else hoping that Jones would show up in this? No, not at all. Just I me. I had no interest in Jessica show Jessica in showing up in this, but I was I I, I could I could have gone for some Luke Cage. I could have gone R- for some. Ron will always go for the Luke Cage. If you ask, should Luke Cage be this? Yes, that's the answer. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. If there's any opportunity for Luke Cage, yes. In fact, uh, my complaint about him not being in Jessica Jones enough is still valid. I thought he was yeah, he's a star, and I can't. Ron's wait. main concern with Batman versus Superman was not enough Luke Cage. Not enough Luke Cage. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much it's it's really plaguing. I mean, you know, it's it's plaguing everything I watch now. It's a problem. I was watching a documentary about Kennedy, the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, I was like, where, where's Luke Cage? So, yeah. <laughs> so, were you guys, uh, back, uh, one quick thing, I, I didn't, I mean, I got the fact that they were sucking blood, I guess, out of those kids, but I, I just felt like that whole sequence was, was kind of... Yeah, uh, kind of uh, opaque, like I didn't really... Yeah. Uh, so they were sitting, and then they were became zombies, or not zombies, but they were had mind control... And they, I felt like that that whole little miss. Maybe it's just because they want to explain it more in Iron Fist I, or something. Uh, I, I felt let, that whole sort of, section kind of got muddy. I let it go yeah. as sort of a very comic booky thing. Like, okay, I'll just. Yeah. I don't quite understand what's going on here, but clearly it's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. So Luke Cage is done. I think it's set for September release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. They haven't started another season yet. Are they shooting? Iron Fist right now. There's been some set photos out there. And then, according to Charlie Cox, Daredevil, they're shooting Defenders later this year. Wow. Oh, wait, I got one more plot question. Yeah. Remember last year they showed him using his radar capability? No, they didn't. They only they didn't no, they only didn't. showed him one time, really, or two times. It was very, yeah, they only showed it once. They yeah. showed it once. But he didn't, because it's like, I felt like he, they sh- showed that sense didn't didn't they show it once he was looking at karen page when she took her shirt off at his apartment it was very very early on it was the first or second episode and then it was really interesting because i i loved the notion that he couldn't hear the ninjas like i thought that was right. that was really that that was really clever because that 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 gave him a vulnerability that up to right. this point he didn't really have yeah so but it, but it but it felt i felt like 
they just kind of ignored that he had that capability, or maybe does he not have that capability? I, no, I'm they, not they, they, they don't show like, it. They just don't show it. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. I think I think he what he has is heightened senses, and he's able to use his his hearing is heightened to allow him to give him a certain amount of sonar, right? But if he can't, if the the ninjas were masking their breathing and their heartbeats in a way that he can't hear them, he's blo- he he doesn't know they're there. But the show doesn't dwell on the powers. That's one of the things they yeah. do. They right. Did is, it's sort of like you figure it out what, what how he's doing this. They they don't really go mm-hmm. into it like the movies. Yeah. I mean, and we, that was one of the benefits of the first season was that they didn't dwell yeah. on it. It's just like, just figure it out. He's blind. He can do all the stuff. <laughs> Somehow he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that ninja stuff though. That was great. <laughs> yeah. like, a lot of ninjas. A lot of ninjas. A lot of ninjas. Send them in. Send them in. Send in the ninjas. Which is cool because that that's such a that's such a Frank Miller, you yeah. know, like all, like the mass amount of ninjas crawling down the building. Yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah. I thought yeah. that yeah, they that totally fit. You know, I thought that, it, that oh, even when even when Electris when the guy pulled out the size, I was like, yeah. ah, the fine they, they're so good at giving you what you want over time. Like that yep. just the little icons here and there. Even though I, I agree, as soon as I saw the sigh, I kept waiting for her to get stabbed with it. Like I was, right. it's coming, it's coming. So here's a question, though: Do you think that the whole um, moral superiority resignation mm. by uh, Rosario Dawson was to give her something to do, or <laughs> like, like, <laughs> did we really need that much time spent with her arguing with the hospital administration? You know, like <laughs> there was a lot about hospital administration, more than I expected. Oh, there was a lot of administration in the season. Well, they, to had be to get, they had to get her out of Hell's Kitchen and get her up to Harlem or wherever. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean will, will she have to apply for COBRA to get her benefits now, or does that not? Maybe we'll see her at the uh, the unemployment office or something. It, that kind of detail is kind of silly, thinking about all the other stuff that they had to shoot, and then th- that scene gets kept. Yeah. But maybe she just needed a little bit more drama. Yeah, I think they need to give 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 the uh, the real actress something to work with. <laughs> yeah. I lived in New York for 30-some-odd years, and I th- if it had gotten to the point where there was like armies of ninjas crawling on buildings, I probably would have moved quicker. You know what? <laughs> I can put up with a lot. Ninja armies, I gotta go. What I like is that that last battle, yeah. uh, last fight takes place on the rooftop that is surrounded by police, <laughs> and yet they just like we're gonna, well, well, let's see how this plays out. Would you? Would you? Yeah, you guys uh, just just hold on for a second. Oh, that reminding of that, the run me that I did like what happened with the cop. When they finally caught the the, the Punisher and the, the the that one cop who they talk to, they get tips to the and and he catches both Daredevil and the Punisher, and Daredevil goes, you know, take the collar, you know, let me go, but take yeah. the co- you know, like that that whole I thought that scene was great, and then that that guy got promoted and became a mm-hmm. a piece of it. Like I like you know their 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 link inside, you know, Daredevil's link inside the the police is is a good tool to use. Um, so I thought that was good. It was good. Gordon, yeah, a little Commissioner Courtney. Yeah. Good stuff. I liked it. I, I dug it. I'm excited for for Iron Fist. I'm excited for Luke Cage. I'm excited for Defenders. Everyone that I've spoken to on the on the Marvel side and kind of you probably have the same. Have heard the same. Is like delighted, surprised at how well they're doing. Like they weren't yeah. they weren't go- they weren't gonna do a season two of Jessica Jones. I don't even know if they were gonna do a season two of Daredevil. Yeah. So it's it's good to see we're getting good we're getting good TV shows to watch. So I'll take it. Yeah. And we should enjoy yeah. it while it happens. This, this this is not like your normal show. This isn't gonna go on for eight seasons. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say three, three or four. Yeah. Well, they have to kill Karen now. Now that she knows, right? I mean. Well, I want. I really want her to become the 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 heroin addicted hooker <laughs> junkie. Like, can we get that storyline, please? <laughs> yeah. Oof, it's a little dark. It's a little yeah, it goes little dark. dark. It does go dark. Yeah. So I was I was really glad that we didn't get 
even though Electra did die and was stabbed, it yeah. wasn't the, the iconic stab. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad it wasn't that. The normal everyday stabbing to the heart. Yeah, exactly. It had a lot of like meaning and it had a lot of like I, I felt, you know, you felt the, the weight of it. It was it was well done. One thing I did think while watching this and as we talk about possible other seasons is that it seems very conspicuous that there has been no even hint of a bullseye. I yeah. was thinking about that. I kept thinking about that was especially toward the latter part of the uh, the season. It's like wonder yeah. oh, I wonder how they would handle him cuz you know they they need to that image of Colin Farrell with the bullseye it must, must be eradicated must be eradicated must be destroyed yeah. and I you know it's we had Wilson Fisk we had the yep. owl we had the punisher we had the hand Electra it's the only piece left that's missing yeah yep I'd like to see it if if they wrap up this whole hand storyline with the defenders as I suspect that would leave season three wide open to, I would say, bullseye. end the trilogy with Bullseye. That's what I would do if I was in charge. It's, right. Is it Fisk gets out of prison and then yes. and uses Bullseye to get revenge? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I would yeah. do, yeah. yeah. Yep. More Vincent D'Onofrio. As as God, he was good. So good. So, so good. I yeah. love his arm flailing fight style. Yeah, yeah. Just like, wham, wham, wham. <laughs> he's just this giant bear. Oh, Arr. and that, that's, that, that scene when, when Daredevil went in as Matt Murdock to yeah. talk to Ouch. him and like like the the smash in the face on the table like it was just like i was like whoa like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just like it, that that was and and it also showed you know how much of the prison that he now ruled you know yeah. because nobody mm-hmm. i was like isn't someone going to say something when he leaves oh no no they all work for him like it's just right. that, that that's amazing so i i like that they showed what happened to fisk when he got into prison yes. and his ascent ascent to power there how quickly he took over it was great yeah yeah, yeah, really good. Really good. I really enjoyed it. It was not as tight as season one, but I really had a great time watching it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. The more we talk about, it, the more I get excited about it, and kind of like, like I said, my, you know, like my my nitpicks were just, you know, about the length of it, and just in the middle felt like a slog, and I just felt like there was a bit too much. But you know, you give me great Punisher, you give me great Kingpin, you give me, you know, great Hand and Electra, you give me that Billy Club. I, I was, you know, I was happy. <laughs> I thought the, I thought the scene I thought the scene in the beginning with, with Daredevil chained to the chimney with the Punisher was really good yeah, and gave yeah. us a lot of characterization and the difference between. That was a great scene. I love yeah. how he kept calling him Red too. Just the <laughs> yeah. little things like that. He was so good as Punisher. It was so it's crazy. It, ma- it made you wonder why they couldn't get this character right before. He's yeah. He's not that complicated, but when he's done well, he's really affecting. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, so if you have any thoughts on Daredevil Season 2, you can go to iFanboy.com. There'll be a post on the, for this show where you can talk about it. Tell us what your thoughts were, the highs and lows, and what you're looking forward to in the future. Uh, that's all available at iFanboy.com, as well as our other podcast, the Pick Week Podcast, where Ron, Josh, and I talk about the week's comics and other special edition shows. You can hear us discuss Boy. Batman v Superman from a couple months ago. As, I'm sorry, Ron. Would you, would you, you know, call that a discussion? Would I know, you, like, uh, I know, I, I know I Ron, we never mention it again, but we had to talk about it one more time. <laughs> I, lo- I lost my cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can hear us discuss the latest DC animated film, Justice League vs. Teen Titans. You can also, in a couple weeks, wow. hear us discussing Captain America Civil War. That'll be a big one coming up soon. So all those shows are available at ifanboy.com. Now available on Google Play. I've seen Captain America already. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're the second yeah. person Mike and I know have seen it already and who makes the same noise. I've seen it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. It's so good. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jerks. Listen, I was just surprised when the Guardians of the Galaxy landed. I was like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not see it coming. Cool. Uh, yeah. What about when yeah. Luke Cage was there? Well, Luke Cage, well, I mean, uh, I did get to spend some quality time with Mr. Coulter on the red carpet. I will allow you one thing to say with the film. Could it have used more Luke Cage? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it could have. Okay. 
Not okay. a surprise. So yep. until the next show, which again will be Captain America Civil War, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I'm Mike. I'm just trying to do my best. I'm not afraid of life. I'm afraid of death. Feel my loving things I say. You gotta lift your face to the breaking day. And I'm just trying to do my best. I'm not afraid of Oh much! Ouch! 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 Table! Table! But the, I, I can't believe they didn't all have stuffy noses all the time because of all the <laughs> broken noses part. Yeah. They all they all talk like this, but you, I like that you brought that up, Ron, because it's like he's so beat up all the time. Like it's, it's not only that, but it's it's the it's the it's the foggy telling her he's an alcoholic and her just like. <laughs> All right, so he seems like a good guy to date. Like, it's just like, what? Like, He's an alcoholic and he shows up bloody every day. With... Yeah, I know. Yeah. She must have a rough background. Yeah.